0: and gentlemen welcome to zebra talk the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes that's right i'm talking about the referees today i'm joined by one of the people that i love to see in zebra talk he's always got some of the best poses he's one of the most jacked refs i've ever seen uh, he was one of the leaders of zebra sweat for a short time he's coming to us from northeast wrestling and pioneer valley pro wrestling give it up for vinnie lawrence how you doing yeah. I'm good. Thanks. I like the intro. That was nice. The little, uh, nice. the rhyming, the rhyming. Sound. I appreciate that. Uh, every once Very in a while people pop for it. So I'm hoping that the audience pops for it.
1: <laughs> I hope so too. Uh,
0: let's just dive right into it. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? How did you first get, uh, become aware of pro wrestling? Go right ahead.
1: Um, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties. I was born in late 1979. So I grew up in the, the rock and wrestling era, you know, um i probably remember first remember wrestling renting like uh video cassettes from the from the you know the video store i think when i was those this the
0: fabled coliseum video uh, tapes that videos, we always hear yes. about yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Back, you know back with the real We can when you can hear the real music nice <laughs> you can't get the real music anymore on the network which is which yeah is like I, they had some they had some classic tunes
0: i try to watch like the old ecw tapes and or uh you know um, episodes i guess and um yeah Yeah, just seeing that's
1: totally different
0: oh it's so hard you know seeing (laughs) natural born killers come out or like public enemy or something even taz and you're just like
1: generic like "Mm -hmm." yeah but but yeah yeah. (laughs) go right (laughs) ahead but yeah you know um you know that was my that was the the big hogan era back in the 80s when the wrestling boom got into it i think i I think the first cassette i remember was wrestlemania 4 sure which uh you know a lot of people kind of hate on but it's, it holds a lot of memories for me so it's it's one of my favorite and i think it got me got me in love with like tournament wrestling i do i do enjoy like a good a good tournament you know but
0: very cool um, for yeah, the that's, that's folks first... at home who uh, for the folks at home who aren't as familiar with wrestlemania for why don't you paint the picture a little bit
1: okay so yeah um like right what's your standout
0: memory from it what what's your biggest um, like rivalry or match or whatever i mean I,
1: I i think I, I was a big huge macho fan because he won the tournament at the end right sure. um you know H- Hogan, of course, I had to get involved and help out a little bit, but but Macho Man, <laughs> you know, but you know Macho Man uh, came out victorious, and I think that's I was a huge Macho Man fan, even even when he was the heel. I was a uh, I was a Macho Man fan. I, I, I rooted for him against Hogan, even though Hogan was the big baby face at the time.
0: Um, I mean, if you really but, appreciate like pro wrestling, it's hard not to be a Macho Man fan, right? You know, I
1: mean, it's yeah. just, and you know back then too, you look at the guys, and he was just so so much different than uh than everybody else um, absolutely you know, i mean he, he, you know as we as, as we find out the guys that even don't look big um are, are still huge so, yeah so i don't want to say he was a small guy but he was definitely on the smaller side for the 80s kind of wrestling but it's uh, funny
0: how much like the people that are around the wrestlers that you're watching affect your impression of the wrestlers that you're watching as well i remember the first time i went to a live show uh i saw the rock and triple h for the first time and at the time you know they had like uh, you know, Kevin Nash had been like really famous at the time, and Undertaker and Kane and Big Show and like that. Uh, so you know, it was easy to see them. Who, uh, you know, Rock, Triple H, all of them who were you know six four, uh, but all kind of the same height as like normal. And then you see them in person, you whoa.
1: Yeah, when, okay. you know, when you're five foot eight like I am, and yeah, uh, <laughs> you know they're standing next to you know guys who are seven feet tall, like you said, they they don't they don't look as big on TV, and then you get next to them, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Right. Like, I remember meeting a guy like Matt Hardy for the first time. You don't think about like a, you know, as a as a, as a big wrestler, but you meet yeah. him for the first time, you like, you yeah, actually got some size to you. Like right? you don't really, you're like, huge. you don't you don't see things like that. But yeah, but you know, wrestling back then was a lot different than it is today. Um, you had an hour of television on Saturdays, an hour of television on Sundays, basically. I didn't get the WCW um, NWA show at the time because we didn't mm-hmm. have TBS in my area. So I was straight, uh, you know, WWF at the time, fan.
0: Where so, is it you're uh, from again?
1: I'm from New York, um, okay. a little bit upstate um, from the city, a town called, a small city called Kingston, New York. It's, uh, it's actually the first capital of New York state. So, in your history buffs out there. That's- <laughs> Looking at that do you just
0: got... kind of sit there sometimes and go Albany <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we got burned down by the British and that's why uh, that's why it moves so you know things happen understandable um, our, our town our cities came to flame is uh we have a, one corner in the city that has it's the only corner where all four buildings um, on each corner obviously were built before the Civil War
0: oh that is a pretty cool claim to fame
1: right so yeah. That's our, that's, that's our one big thing. We got here going in Kingston, that, and the, new the first capital. So, we so we're in the eighties state here.
0: <laughs> we're in the eighties. You're a kid. You're watching macho man in the tournament. Uh, tell me a little bit more about how that progressed into your like love for professional wrestling.
1: Yeah. So I mean, geez, it was just, that was just such a, such a booming period. And um, just, it, it was everywhere. Like, and you know, it was, it was, it was just I, it's hard to think back. Right at that you know, being that age and like thinking about it now and comparing it but it was just like you know it was it was a fantastical like was, you know um guys just and you know I still back then I I didn't know like I remember coming to the realization like that it was fake. That <laughs> um that was what are you was, talking like, about pretty, uh, fake.
0: don't tell David Arquette <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh jeez. David Arquette's a great guy. I like David Arquette i met him a times. um he was a really nice guy like oh my god so like cool to be around uh,
0: the night that he had the death match with um, Nick Gage was my first night at Game Changer, and oh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, people don't, uh, yeah, right. People also uh, look over the fact that like that same night was when Marco Stunt broke his leg, and then after uh, the Game Changer show, we had a Suburban Fight show, and uh, one of the like ring crew guys was doing a catch uh, from facade jumping out of the rafters onto um, DJZ. he broke his ankle too so that whole night was just cursed like (laughs) but uh the david arquette thing is like um like you were saying very nice guy uh the minute that he got to the building he like went into the back and he saw like the dressing room that we were all in and realized that like we had water and stuff and we had plenty of room to sit down or whatever but there wasn't really any food um so he just kind of looked at me and he was like hey is there like a pizza place around here like yeah i think there's a pizza shop like across the street and he just like runs over to his bag and he pulls out like a handful of 20s and just goes go get a bunch of pizzas for the boys like yeah
1: like so i like, just walked know, out like, in you, my restaurant right. hey, <laughs> there's a guy like that he doesn't have to do that right like why you know, yeah but he's just he's just a really cool guy like that and you know yeah. i'm sure we'll get into it you meet a lot of you meet a lot of cool guys who you, you don't think are going to be that cool and maybe you heard stories about and it turns out that they're they're actually pretty cool in the locker room. So, and like Sometimes guys, it's okay. Guys, you look up dreams. to like that dude was in tons of movies we watched since, growing yeah. up. <laughs> but so and, uh, and, the A- and, and the and one 800- eight hundred 800- 800- collect ATT. commercials.
0: One eight <laughs> hundred collect commercials. Right,
1: we'll get to the uh, the attitude era. Because actually, uh, um, speaking of you know wrestling, when I really fell in love, it was because um, I kind of got out of it like most people did, I think, in the, in the mid nineties, especially sure. WWF fans. Sure. But um, early on in college um you know you had the huge attitude area explosion and i was going to school at sacred heart university which is kind of around the connecticut area so we there, mm-hmm. there were shows around all the time um and it was just huge and and the internet started to blow up and you know you got on, on the lot the online forums were starting and i got into that yep. a little bit and like were, did of, you ever do of,
0: like an e-fed or tape trading or anything i will admit
1: i have done an e-fed <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, awesome. when I was in college, I was in an EFED, yes. Yeah, so, like, Very um, cool. I don't, know, I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, it's not something I, did, I, you know, probably would have admitted in public 10 years ago, but I think... You I'm heard
0: it here first, yeah. I, I'm comfortable <laughs> in my position now where I
1: can come out and say, yeah, I, w- I was in an EFED when I was in college. So, <laughs> I, mean, I had a good time.
0: Um, I mean, I came out and told the world that I started at a backyard show in your show. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're just like so, revealing yeah. things to the world.
1: <laughs> so... So yeah, going back to that, and then that's when I actually discovered like independent wrestling with um, mm-hmm. with the Northeast Wrestling. Actually, it was my first independent show that I went to, because um, they obviously they we were, we're in the Northeast, and I was going to school in the Northeast, and they were running you know shows that were less than a half an hour away from the college that I was at. Um, so I got you know I started going to those shows, realized that there was like a a world outside of like the WWF and, and WCW and the you know the ECW and the, the big you know, big TV boys. Right. I was, you know, found out there's a there's a world outside of that. So that was pretty cool, too, to get into. Um, Actually, I went to college with um, Romeo Roselli. Okay, Um, But we didn't really know each other that well in college. It's just a funny story that I can tell because we graduated the same class. So I can say I'm like the, the second most famous wrestling personality that graduated from Sacred Heart in 2002. I don't right. even get the first, but <laughs> that's, that's even kind of, kind of, kind of better, isn't it? Um, uh, a
0: a so good a friend different. of mine from high school, uh, eventually when I was training with like the hood slam crowd uh, would come to hood slam a lot. And, you know, I was constantly just telling him like, come to training, come to training, come to training. He's now the hood slam senior official. <laughs> so there you
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and that, you know, it's cool um, about, about wrestling too, especially referees. We'd have, um we kind of help each other out all the time and, yeah and look out for each other and, and you know stuff like that so cool we brought that up but so, so yeah you so, you know, that was kind of my my wrestling uh my you know my journey into into wrestling and then um sorry i'm, I'm kind of getting old, talking over you now so
0: oh no 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 it's okay <laughs> uh so you said you started going out northeast is that like where you transitioned into like training and becoming not a part at all, of... not at all No. Um, okay so let's get um
1: training i've never even thought about getting into wrestling to be honest with you Um, I, I, I fell into it. Um, I got, I was, I'm an athletic trainer by trade, so I went to school for, so when I got out of college, I got a job at Poughkeepsie High School, and there was a football coach there, but named Jeff Leibold, Mm
0: -hmm. and, uh, you know, he was, he was a wrestler, he was at the time
1: booking for a promotion up in Vermont called Tri-State Wrestling, um, and we got talking about wrestling, and even at first, too, when I first started talking to him, I didn't really believe him because you know you know how some guys kind of, kind of ds you a little bit sure uh, i mean it's kind of, of like, like in you in like, tell me stories about like you know doing doing jobs for wwe and um like running around hotel rooms yeah <laughs> they're not my stories to tell but <laughs> <laughs>
0: it kind of almost uh, reminds you of like uh guys that are like yeah i was totally in the military and it's like where are you
1: where <laughs> you though um but you know I, especially like a time like wrestling back then Back in two thousand two, it's not like I can go on the internet and easily prove it, right? It, was, sure. it wasn't like yeah. there was clips of everybody in every match that that that's been aired. But uh, so you know, it's one of those things. Where you're like, really? And then you know, got to know him, and look, luck be have it. There was a wrestling school ran by Tony DeVito mm-hmm. down in Newburgh, New York, which is only forty five minutes away. So um, Jeff asked me if I want to come to a show one day, and I was like, sure. I was like, hey, you know what? It's like, you think I could referee? And he was like.
0: It's like well, out of the blue, like it just yeah, popped in. I was head. like,
1: it was like, you know, if I'm going to go, like, let me do something. I'm like, I could probably referee pro wrestling. Right. I've watched it enough. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Obviously, like you, you think like that, and you, you don't. I had no idea what I was going into, but sure.
0: But I mean, like, talk about how like great of a like light bulb moment that was for right. you that affected the whole rest of your life. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, Yeah. So, you know, I just asked him. I was like, do you think I can referee? And he goes, you know what? Yeah. Um my buddy, Tony DeVito has a school down in, um, Newburgh And he's like, why don't, why don't we go? And, you know, we'll do some training and, and, uh, you know, I'll let you re- referee a couple of matches. Sure. So, you know, that turned into that, went down there, um, trained for a few months probably before I got my first match. Um, you know, Did you have um, like
0: a ref trainer in house or anything or was it No, just-
1: it was, um, which was, which was kind of good. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Tony DeVito was in uh, ECW and he kind of, um, you know, kind of took the reins there as far as refing went. But the guys in the school, um, one of the trainers was named uh, Lou Santiago, Diablo Santiago. So he, he, you know, he'd been doing it for a little while. So, he kind of helped me out, too. Um, and, you know, the the, the people that were in, enrolled in the school, wrestlers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: were uh, basically just starting to get, like, matches.
0: Yeah. It was so, you were out. learning kind of at the same pace as them.
1: No, they were, they were streets ahead of me
0: oh okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were like ready to do like their first like wrestling match yeah i was I basically think, gotcha, walking gotcha. in like uh it hurts i
0: don't know forums. anything <laughs>
1: right i don't know like it's one of those things too like you, you think you know it you think you know you, you watch it and you're on, on the online forums and you're a smart mark yeah <laughs> <laughs> you think you, you, think you kind of know what you're doing and then obviously you know you get into this and you're just like i knew nothing and yeah you're, you know i've been doing this 17 years now i'm still learning so you sure. never really you never stop learning um but yeah, those guys were about to start, like, they've been training for almost a year at that point, um, most of them. Actually, uh, Bobby Fish was one of the guys in, in the school. Very cool. Um, so that was pretty cool. I actually think I did his first singles match. Nice. So that's that's pretty cool. It's drop. pretty wild um, to
0: see, like, the, uh, you know, like, career that the people that you come up with, uh, you know, can have, like... That's always, of... that's
1: always fun, too. Like, you know, yeah. you meet guys and and you know some of them you just know when they hang around and they're they're you know indie guys for and they're in the area and become good friends with them which is cool and then you see guys who get you know make it through the ranks and and go you know go to japan go to england go you know then get then get hired by WWE or AEW, and it's like you know this is really cool like a a lot of the guys right now um from from northeast wrestling the past couple years have gotten signed by either AEW or WWE, so
0: yeah it seems like he, uh northeast wrestling is like really really like hot and uh, hot and heavy right now yeah like, i mean they've been around
1: since the mid-90s like, like mike lombardi the the owner is one of these guys who just knows professional wrestling has been doing sure. it for for so many years like he just knows how to put on a good show and you know it's been going forever and <laughs> hopefully it won't, won't stop anytime soon. Anytime soon <laughs> yeah and notwithstanding, now COVID right? <clears throat> but uh, even then like he was you know he was he was good enough to try and get like shows going like he has a good relationship with, um, with Matt Taven and his wrestling school. Mm. So they were, they were filming shows out there that, that they were on episodes online for a little while. Um, so, that, you know, you know just, just trying to stay in, you know, in the mind's eye. So you're not, sure. you're not just abandoning everybody. But that's the kind of foresight that they have. Like, you know, they're trying to do something.
0: Right? So, uh, so tell yes. me a little bit about uh, your first match. You were training for a while. You came in with the guys when they were, like, just starting to get ready with matches. How long did it take you to get to the point where you could work with them?
1: Well, um, see, I never really saw myself, like, as, say, when I say, like, work with them, like, yeah, I'm not, um,
0: I mean, like, but, ref their matches.
1: Yeah, like that, because I didn't know any better.
0: <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> so even then, like, I didn't
1: know, like, if I was Look, bad or good, right? Sure. So I'm trying to think about it. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I was good enough because a, another buddy of mine from college who ended up, you know, doing the NDC scene, uh, goes by the name of Osiris. Mm-hmm. Um, he came with a buddy of his who was a referee. Mm-hmm. And he, after the show, he came up to me and said, Oh my god, how many shows? How many shows? And i say, Oh my god, but he's like, How many shows have you been doing? I was like, This is my first one. He's like, Oh, you're pretty good. He's like, I can get bookings out in Massachusetts. I was like, Sweet. And that's <laughs> and that's how I kind of like fell into this. It, <laughs> honestly, I really just thought I was going to be doing working for my buddy's promotion, refereeing matches. And like, I never thought I'd be doing this for like seven years and all over the northeast. I was just like, you know. I, you know, my buddy got me into this. I'll go up with him that, you know, those starting out were good times. Like <laughs> I was basically like got thrown in on like the, you know, as like on the booking committee. Yeah. Like I was in, I was in on the meetings just cause I was, you know, I trained with the promoter. So I was like, I was in, it was, it was pretty, you know, I didn't get, I didn't, I had a very different experience I think than a lot of referees do. And a lot of sure. obviously wrestlers do, um, which, you know, it was pretty cool too because I got to learn a lot about like how the shows are put on, like, you know, how you know how, they, how the shows are booked? Like I was basically in charge of remembering like what matches were happening last time because I mean, we'd be in the car riding, we'd be booking, booking <laughs> and be like, well, no, booking no, yeah, shows. Sure now, like, pretty. wait, sure what did we <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I got sure sure hit in the head. Month, so, yeah. um,
0: you remember so, you your know, first match? Good, Do you know what? A, do you know what your first match that you wrestled?
1: Oh my god, yes! <sighs> the Bull and the Stud,
0: the Bone Stud, was
1: the tag team. They were managed. By Marty the Party Vane,
0: I believe. Fantastic. What a pro wrestling name. Oh, yeah. He was
1: he was a cool <laughs> dude too. And then the tag team they faced was Ricky Dominguez and Scott Scarsdale. And I believe they were managed by Mr. DeVille hmm. Either that or the managers I get mixed up. Sure. I think I mixed up the managers.
0: But your first match, tag but team. that was my right first out match. The gate.
1: Yeah, it was a tag team match. <laughs>
0: How do you
1: I even- had no, I had no idea what I was doing.
0: Yeah, not a clue. <laughs> Knowing
1: what I know now, it was like I, had, I was just in there. You're
0: like. Just, why was I even in there? <laughs> and it's,
1: I'm, mean, I, you know, I'll be honest. It was a, it was a small indie show in front of, you know, maybe a hundred people if I'm if, sure. if I'm being generous, um, which is, you know, it, it has its place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had no idea, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, like I said, I've been training for three months. Basically, a lot of when a lot of my training was there is like. I learned more how to wrestle because it was mm-hmm. just like we we're doing drills and stuff. And I was learning how to take bumps. And I never liked giving moves. That's why I never even, I never even like thought about being a wrestler. Yeah. Um, number one, I'm five, I'm five foot eight. I wasn't in the best shape back then. I'm, I'm definitely in better shape now than I was. Um, I think I will say yeah the, that, that goes without saying, saying probably. <laughs> like i take really good selfies i just want to put it out there it's like <laughs> life's, a, life's a little bit of a work like my arms aren't that big right like it's real out there.
0: good when you go like this
1: when i get yeah, the pose i get the angles I'm, I'm pulling back the current a little bit but you know i you know i oh, want brother. people to meet me in real life and be like wow this is just a big funny like he must photoshop his arms <laughs> it's not photoshop it's just really good pictures um but yeah, uh, that was my that was my first match. And like I said, I probably had no idea what I was doing, especially in a tag team match. I think there was a distraction spot, which of course there was, right? Your first match, you, you know, yeah,
0: which I'm a sure distraction you
1: spot with the with the accidentally blue exactly. because exactly.
0: you know you exactly. didn't know any better. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'm pretty sure I missed it. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I will tell you one funny story. Um, I tripped I tripped going up the stairs. Walking walking up the stairs to the ring
0: oh um, on your first and match
1: I, On my first match oh. and I got a, and i got a little giggle so me of course not knowing anything about wrestling and how, how any of this works i was like oh i got a little giggle let me trip over the ropes
0: let me ham it up yeah <laughs> me, I, the and I got a big laugh, a bigger laugh. And i was like this
1: is cool and then, and then thinking about it now i was like that was dumb like yeah
0: yourself. <laughs> uh i I have a running joke uh, at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood that, like, is only a joke to me because I don't think anybody in the audience is aware of it. But I do it very intentionally every single time. Um, they had Knox as their head referee for, you know, like years. Um, and as I'm sure you're aware, like on the indies, uh, for the folks who aren't aware, Knox does the cane entrance uh, to get into the ring. He like uh, steps on the bottom, swings his leg over the top, and then like goes, you know, the rest of the way in. Um, so from the first day that I refed at Hollywood, they were like, knocks, 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 or like over the top, over the top, over the top, over the top. And so like, uh, I'll go out and I'll like stand there still for a minute while they're like telling me to do it and I'll, like, kind of tease it for a second and then just go into the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: get yourself over a little bit. What's the home? Uh, they've the
0: never noticed, it no cracks does. me up.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that, too, because I actually do um, uh, Regal's entrance when he used to get up and, like, kind of, like, swing on the apron and do the do the foot, the foot wipe with the head, with the nice. head nod because no one's paying attention to us, right? So I yeah. just do... Always wipe your feet before you get in the ring. That's my, that's my advice. Absolutely. That's Couldn't my advice more. right there
0: uh so let's flash forward a little bit when do you think you uh realized that you wanted to do this like as a career like uh, full-time uh, never <laughs> i mean obviously there was a transitional period from like i'm just some dude who's refing because yeah, i can yeah, yeah. No, and I like mean, but... i'm a referee yeah
1: no i know what you mean um yeah just getting back to that um yeah i never really thought of this as like a like a full-time gig like i i i, I like my job as an athletic trainer sure um and that kind of did hold me back a little bit because obviously working in athletics, a lot of your work days are going to be weekends. Sure. So especially like during football season, I'm working a lot of Friday night football games. It's hard to get out of shows. Yeah. So I never really thought about like doing it full time, but it was just one of those things where it just like had fallen into gigs. Like, um, like I said, uh, my buddy, um, Zach, the ref up in Massachusetts met him. And he was like, I can get these little shows in Massachusetts, started doing those little shows, met other people, got booked here, got booked there. I never really, had a lot of promotions other than like Tri-State Wrestling um which I started at and then like Defiant Pro Wrestling I was mm-hmm. I was in with pretty good cuz um Tony was was kind of big there so obviously he got me on all of those shows mm-hmm. um and that was around like the mid 2000s so I never really like was a referee that was like going out and like like I would email some promoters and sometimes I get a booking too but then they're like oh you know can you make next month and it's like oh I got to work
0: yeah so, Kind of you're not family. really hunting for it, but like you're at least, you know, like working Plain other. feelers out there and stuff like that. Stuff. But yeah, yeah, it was never
1: it was never a situation for me where I was like, uh, you know, this is I'm pursuing this full time and I'm gonna
0: be yeah. I gotta get signed, myself. I gotta get a contract.
1: Right, which is which is fine. Like, I think a lot of people, especially too when I was young, younger too, it was one of those things where it was like, if you're here, you better be here to get to the next level. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I've realized like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Not like even all. for the wrestlers, if you want to be a, like like an indie star and stay in your area and, and have fun, as long as you're having fun, you know you, know, you got to realize you're putting your body at risk. That's that's yeah. the one thing. <laughs> I, you know, as a referee, I'm like mm, I'm, I have a lot less risk than, than <laughs> yeah, does. so I can I can get away with it a little bit more too. But it's like you know just as long as you're 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 not you're not being lazy, right? And you're not you're not you're not burying the business, and you you know and you respect the business, but you can still go out there and have fun and, and do what you can do. It, it can
0: be a good time. Absolutely, uh, that's, that's favorite, the way I that's the way I
1: take my career. You know,
0: um, one of my favorite pieces of advice came from another referee. His uh, name's Mark Dundee. He was doing a Q and A for us uh, in you know the uh, the COVID times, the beginning of the COVID times, and he said um, there are only so many jobs. Uh, that are on, like, you know, major television cha- uh, uh, wrestling companies, right? You know, like, let's say, like, 50 jobs between the AEW, Impact, ROH, you know, New Japan, WWE, not all of us are going to get signed. It's just the reality of uh, the situation. Um, and that doesn't mean that we can't find success that is true to us, you know? Like, we can still be successful without chasing that dream.
1: Yeah, and that's true. that's true for anything, especially in entertainment. Absolutely. I'm sure you know you're you know you're an actor, right? Like I'm sure you
0: maybe a little bit
1: do a little acting. I think I saw you in some Marvel movies.
0: Uh maybe. <laughs> did you
1: were on a boat one time?
0: I think I was on a boat. There was like this ant man thing <laughs> and there was a wasp around. I yeah. did I remember watching that, I'm Like, oh I know that guy. I don't
1: remember I recognize that guy.
0: I had a very similar experience watching that for the first time. <laughs> it <was pretty> cool. <laughs> it's a pretty wild feeling seeing your face like fifty feet tall. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but anyway, so like you're going yeah, um, to different shows and stuff. Um, go ahead, continue.
1: Yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say, like, you know, it, I'm not gonna say it wouldn't be cool to work in front of a crowd that's like fifty thousand, eighty thousand, hundred thousand. Like, sure. that's got to be like an amazing experience. Um, yeah, obviously nerve wracking there. But um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but I've worked six thousand crowds in stadium outdoor shows which is you get the kind of the same feeling it's wild um, you man. know it's 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 you it, it, it can't be like a hundred thousand like wrestlemania but it's 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 a pretty cool feeling and yeah you do get a little you're your first time out there you're like this is this is a lot of there's a lot of people
0: right and the biggest crowds i've been in front of at this point uh twice i've had a 1500 uh yeah. and everything other than that has been under a thousand so like the idea of like obviously i've been to a lot of like uh parades and stuff like that and sporting events but yeah like being there in the center of six thousand people is like it's wild tell me a little bit about that uh tell me about that show or those shows
1: yeah well we um like northeast wrestling does um the stadium tour called wrestling under the stores Um, every summer obviously than, than last summer um so that that's been that's been a pretty cool experience just to go around and see all these different minor league baseball stadiums, yeah. And, uh, have wrestling shows and you know some have been really successful. Um, and I don't know if you've worked a lot of outdoor shows too, but it, it's a different feeling because you don't get they're not right on top of you like they are in a building, yeah. And you yeah. don't get that you don't get the noise as much, yeah. So it's a little it's a little weird sometimes. Like you know I've I've worked with guys who haven't worked a lot of outdoor or who haven't worked any outdoor shows and they get back and like crowd is dead i'm like no man, you just can't you can't hear him I'm
0: like you yeah, killed
1: <laughs> yeah you, you're great like you, like you really just can't hear the crowd like you, like you could have like 2 000 people in a gym and it sounds louder than than probably eight thousand people outside so yeah
0: i mean they talk about that with WrestleMania all the time like when they transitioned into the uh you know the big uh, stadium, stadium shows, shows out yeah. of the arena shows like one of the first things that they noticed was like i can't hear anybody <laughs> but like i've actually had the other end of the spectrum as far as like outdoor show experiences where like uh, you know I've done tons of outdoor shows in Northern California but like with nobody oh, sure. there, <laughs> uh, or like with a bunch of people that like don't give a crap about the show <laughs> so uh, they're very loud but not the way you want them to be.
1: <laughs> yeah well it's also yeah it can be it can be even worse when it's just dead silent I, yeah. I, I, did, a, I did a show for for another promoter a couple years ago at this um it was an outdoor festival and it was like he i think the guy planned on having like a good like couple hundred people there he had like a whole line of porta potties out i think there were like five people in a field built this whole stage for the ring it looked great it looked cool and everything rented (laughs) porta potties and there's five five people (laughs) yeah there's like five people and like outdoors and it's just like the nice thing about that is you know, you're pretty far away from everybody, so you, you can have a little bit more of a conversation in, inside the ring.
0: Sure. Um, Is that the smallest about, crowd you've been in front of? Have you ever done a nobody there show?
1: I've never done a nobody there show. I mm-hmm. think I did. I did. I did a show in Albany during a snowstorm that I think eight people showed up for. And I think that's been my. And then we had a debate too. It was like, "What are we going to do? We're going to have the show. We're not going to have the show." It was like eight people showed up. It was like we were all pretty young. It wasn't like. Like, let's
0: yeah i've had one uh nobody's there show and uh like i respected that everybody wanted to still go through with it but even at the time i was just like guys <laughs> yeah if you're not taping it and there's nobody yeah. there, it's like,
1: you want, if you just want to go out and train in the ring like we got we got the ring time i guess We're yeah right
0: that, but, but no they did the full thing <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a but, little, yeah that's a little odd but it, it was yeah um yeah i think i think probably yeah, I don't I don't know exactly. I, I might be exaggerating with the 5 at that at that fair show it felt like it. Um sure. but yeah, I, I definitely know 8
0: was probably the smallest crap that I did. Let's uh flip things a little bit and talk about uh, one of your favorite experiences reffing. Like what would you consider your best match or maybe just one that like if you don't have a best match or favorite match or anything, what's uh, one or two that like just kind of yeah, pop up into your mind yeah, when really you
1: think about that? Number, number one you don't want
0: to You don't, don't want to bury just, the other don't don't ones. Play, you don't play favorites, favorites. Yeah. Uh,
1: they're all my babies <laughs> my <laughs> uh, yeah. um i think yeah one match that stands that always stands out in my head is pretty recent was um john morrison and jt dunn in um oh man Connecticut. yeah um it was a just a fun match to do um it was my first time working with, with morrison he he was he was really cool um just you, you learn like these guys to do it full time and like mm-hmm. like because i you know I hate like the word like the business is weird to me still because it's like am I am I in the business am I not in the business like I, I yeah I kind of feel like I'm I'm business adjacent right <laughs> I've never I've never done it like full-time this is that's a, really good but I've been doing it for 17 years and I've done a lot of it so I sure I like to think I know what I'm doing by now
0: I mean, but you're not also, exactly the guy who like did a match in two thousand one and then popped up in twenty fifteen and was like, I've been in for fourteen years. Right, you know, yeah, you've been I, I have done time.
1: more than like two matches a year. Like you get those yeah. guys. But <laughs> but at the same time, I've never done it full time. Like I've never traveled all over the world and, and you
0: mean you never it, like drained your bank account to go work for free? no
1: and god bless you for doing it like <laughs> i give you so many props for that like uh, i don't have that kind of risk in my in my blood but i'm glad you, you know what you live the dream right uh
0: the way i see it like you know the amount of money that i have in my bank account is irrelevant as long as i still have some food in my fridge that's a,
1: it's a great attitude to have. More people should have that attitude, my friend.
0: No, I should probably nah. be better about managing my money.
1: <laughs> nah. You're enjoying, you're enjoying your life. That's what's important,
0: dude. You know? I appreciate that. You but get, anyway, you're get, saying
1: you don't necessarily. You work with all these different guys, and like you do, do this for like for a living, and you you find out the way they, they call matches, and they they come mm-hmm. up with spots, and the way they tell the story in the ring, like that, it's that kind of stuff blows me. And we and we told a great story and um i don't know if you know jt at all but he i do he, he really takes this like he you know he he's really invested in professional wrestling yeah
0: yeah he, absolutely he really he
1: wants to put on the best match he can every time Strong style there. brand yeah absolutely yeah and uh and they just they did a great job knocked that out of the park um really entertaining match J, John, uh, jt came off as like a really good heel
0: awesome. and
1: yeah you know, it was it was it was it was, it was it, that and that's fun too like as a referee Cause you're not the star and that's another thing that i i kind of like look at myself as i i don't see myself as a as a, <laughs> as a star <laughs> right which is fair but it's not, it's not my role in anything right i i was right. kind of like as my job as an athletic trainer like i i enjoy being the guy who um is is elevating everybody else right yeah. to help people become elevated and i feel like that was one of those matches where like my my being there helped them tell a story as well so being part of that is, is like really awesome so that's like a recent experience um working um jeff hardy and juicin lager i did that at wow yeah that, wow that that was just match. one of those things you're in the ring and <laughs> you're looking at these two guys and you're like kind of like legend like how did
0: i get here exactly i lager's here like how did i get here
1: what am i doing like how did this happen yeah and and, and, you, and you do the match and and that's the funny thing i don't think people realize either too and especially a lot of young referees because they um the guys who know what they're doing they're the easiest matches
0: yeah 100
1: you don't have to do you don't have to do anything like,
0: do a yeah. match with Kataro sometime oh brother <laughs> you don't have to do anything <laughs>
1: you just stand there and go All right, you know and like sometimes too you start working with these guys and you work with enough and you know where you know where they're going yeah like because they just they people don't people don't appreciate about wrestling i think anymore it's like the guys, especially the guys who came up in the '90s and the 2000s, who got a, like I don't want to say got away, but they just they 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 were so good because they honed that skill, they yeah. honed that match that you did, and they put little twists and variations on it. Obviously, but at the same time, it's it's the core story that they're telling, and that's why they're so good at it. Right. Um, you don't need that's- to change things up that much anymore. You don't need it. You don't need five thousand moves. You don't need a five thousand moveset. You, like Bret Hart had what five five the five moves of Doom they said. Sure. You watch his matches. He nailed those five moves every time and they looked yeah. awesome. Every time.
0: And the crowd was, went
1: nuts. And yeah, and the crowd ate it up because it was number one, it, it looked real. Like <laughs> sure. he was amazing at that. But um but it was just so crisp and he just knew what he was doing. He knew how to tell the story. So you know, that's, that's a lot of things thing. I think a lot of guys coming up don't realize is that you work, you know, you work with these, with the big names and it's actually, it's actually going to be an easier time for you. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They've just got just, it in their back pocket. It's right. kind of like what they say about like uh, plots and storytelling, you know, there's only like what, like five, eight, like real, you know, story lines or plots that are available and everything else is just a variation off of that. You know, a real pro, like you're saying, is going to have those five to 10 matches that like they can just apply to whoever it is that they're working with apply the storyline to whatever it is and then just kind of make alterations wherever they need to which
1: yeah, and then the, and then too they'll keep you in place yeah. right? if they because if they, they know where you're supposed to be so if you're not where you're supposed to be they'll say they'll, hey, okay and then hey it's mm. easy. and that's another thing too is like communicate like i don't think um i think people have a hard time communicating in the ring sometimes sure and that's yeah. something a lot of people really need to work on is um if to communicate in the ring everything always goes smooth
0: I think there's a lot of people who are really intimidated to do that, uh, which is unfortunate because like, yes, uh, the boys and girls and everyone else uh, will like review in the back or they'll, you know, like uh, some of them have like personalities, egos, you know, testosterone, whatever, that kind of makes them a little bit intimidating in the back. But by and large, my experience has been uh, no matter who it is, Once you get in the ring, everybody puts the business hat on.
1: And like, you're professionals, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're all professionals. Yeah, right. And then you're like, Tommy
0: Dreamer, and he's doing some stuff in the corner, right? And I go to wrap my arms around his belly and push him back. He's not going to throw me off and be like, You're a green kid. Right what you're saying he's gonna listen to me because he respects the business and he respects not uh you know obviously he has a bit of human respect for each person that he's with but he respects that much more the role that we're
1: embodying right yeah and like you said like and and, and he knows he can't do that right he can't just bear you because that's gonna make the match work, blur- work uh, exactly. worse exactly so you know you make a mistake you might you might get a little earful backstage but that, that happens. I think that, you know, that yeah. happens in, in any form of entertainment.
0: And, of yeah. course. How are you going to get any better if people aren't telling you about what you did wrong?
1: Exactly. And that's another thing, too. Um, I think I coming up, I was really intimidated to to talk to guys after the match and be like, you know, uh, how was everything? Because, you, you know, most of the time, I'll be honest with you, most of the time you do kind of get like, it was fine, whatever. Like yeah. most of guys don't, most of guys don't care. Right. As, long as, yeah. as long as you weren't too far in of position, you didn't get in their way. You Referee's count the three when favorite thing
0: hit. is, uh, I, I didn't even know you were there. And that's a compliment, brother. Right. And it's like, yeah. okay, but like, I don't need a compliment right now. <laughs> I need some help getting better so I don't screw up. <laughs> yeah. But, you
1: know, yeah. That, that is like one of the best things I can say but at the same time. It doesn't help me. Yeah. So, Uh, speaking
0: of which that's a good transition did you at any point have a referee that you trained under or a mentor or anything like that did you work on shows with other more experienced refs or have you uh had any refs in particular that you studied specifically off of television tell me about your ref mentors
1: um yeah well there's this guy um sal Gilberto, who's um in the massachusetts area he he was one of the referees at tri-state wrestling and um he was one of the guys that early on people told me watch him and see what he does and watch him. So he's, he's definitely someone I want to, I want to get props to for someone I, I watched early on um, for TV. I definitely stole a lot from her. Sure. Um, so you count good, really fast and really aggressive. No, <laughs> I, I did slow that down I did modify <laughs> a little bit for the, for the current times. A lot of his falsies, if you watch his falsies are really good because yeah. he throws that arm down and yeah. swipes and sometimes he has to like catch himself. That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. Right, is um, a, a nice false two count. You get the one, the two, and then you got to catch yourself. Like, no, almost. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't, grab, don't, I don't do grab it. The, I don't grab the arm, <laughs> but it's almost like, oh no, no, you can't, like, you can't hit it. Like, That's great. And you watch like some of his falsies, and they look good. Um, um is another guy I like to, you know, I, I watched a lot. Of and two, I told I tell guys to make sure you watch other professional sports, especially combat yeah. sports, especially now that MMA is pretty big. Yeah. Um, Cause that's kind of the closest analogy to, to another combat sport that would be like wrestling, sure. but even boxing referees, like watch, yeah. watch them, watch their mannerisms. And um, one thing I've gotten, a, gotten away from is, is selling myself, right. Mm-hmm. Selling the moves as a referee. Cause that's something I think a lot of indie referees did, um, too much in the 2000s yeah, myself yeah, yeah. myself included if you go back it's and watch. getting
0: really popular on television again too and it's like I, I, yeah. i'm not a fan
1: i'm not gonna knock anybody on television because they're there for a reason sure. <laughs> i mean are, i'm not burying anybody
0: like i oversell but like i don't mean to oversell i just uh i'm very empathetic um so when i see somebody get kicked in the face it freaks me out. And I'm like, oh my God, he just got kicked in the face. <laughs> like it's just a natural reaction. I, I never make an intentional big reaction. But yeah. I just have a bad bedside man. <laughs> yeah, that's one
1: of my bad habits that I think I did early on was like, um, know, yeah, be that referee. It's like, oh, ah, ooh, yeah. Yeah. And always kind of reacting to things. Then you realize number one, you're not part of the match, like stop. Sure. <laughs> and then number two, like it's just dist- it's distracting from what's going on. And then number right. three, if you're doing that for every move, it takes away from the from the climax right
0: yeah absolutely. so like
1: save that spot, save that reaction for when a guy throws goes to a table right or someone or someone gets dropped on their head yeah there's you know something real like devastating happens then then you react and it's like oh wow the referee even went like, oh my god exactly like, that, you know that's another that's another big thing that um that i've learned so that
0: was a, a good point that uh i actually heard mike yoda share at one point or at least a similar point uh he was talking about um throwing away your falsey. Uh, you know sometimes guys will like do the really close swipe when it's like a two count that's four minutes into the match and yeah. it's like a doesn't 10 mean, minute match or something yeah yeah like it, it's not necessary you're overdoing it you know and, like it's gonna kill uh the importance of it later on when it actually is necessary to tell the story exactly speaking so what are of we're talking about i mean i got it i feel oh, like i ran okay. away from that question we were talking about ref mentors and people that you've looked up to, I was like, uh, so Kiota. i just, I just started giving my own
1: mentors. <laughs> Actually, I was, like, I was just gonna gonna my own advice now.
0: I was going to transition into advice from you. Uh, you have a unique experience and job background that uh, not many people in our role have in professional wrestling. What kind of advice would you give to uh, the referees that are listening, as far as like things to help with, like say stretching and stuff like that, or like uh, getting into a more like ring ready shape. Um and then if there's any like advice, you know, that we haven't already touched on specifically yeah. for refing, go ahead and throw that out as well. No, that's a
1: great question. I, you know, I advise everybody to go. Um, you know, it doesn't I, you know, I'm not gonna get here into get into too specifics, but go, you know, go on YouTube and find like a, a quick five-minute dynamic warm-up that you can do, right? Some right. high knees, some leg kicks, get the muscles loose. Um, you know, definitely, you know, do some arm circles, get the get the shoulders going, going just to get, you know, get, get, get warmed up a little bit before you go out there. Um, you know, not kind of what I've never had a, a an injury, like a muscle pull or anything. You know, I've gotten two minor injuries from bumping um, both of my ribs, which not fun, but
0: did you break or just like dislocate? I
1: never, no, I never really got them checked out. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's another thing about being an athletic trainer. I'm a terrible patient.
0: Sure. Uh, it was like
1: I can, um, I don't think they're, I don't think, I don't think they're broken.
0: Um, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> uh, as long as I don't
1: go too hard on it again, I'll, I should be. all right. Funny that like, we well, bring I'm not, this up. I'm not, like, feeling uh... any, I'm not feeling any cracking or anything, so I, I think I'll be all right. So well, folks
0: that are listening, please, truly, truly listen to Vinny because, like, it's it's funny that we're bringing up, you know, like uh, injuries and being a terrible patient. Uh, I actually have a really bad repetitive uh, motion injury in my um, rotator cuff for my counting arm. And I just this week finally went to a doctor after it being a problem for like three years. So I'm going to do physical therapy. Yay! Oh, good
1: luck. <laughs> rotator, rotator cuff.
0: I'm assuming. I mean, my shoulder so, hurts all the time. You know, so, bad, so.
1: Yeah, probably sounds like a rotator. Yeah, country. but yeah.
0: Anyway, this is so, about you giving advice, not about me and my arm. <laughs> that's
1: all right. Um, but yeah, so find a nice little quick dynamic warm up, especially lower body. Get get the legs moving so you don't don't hurt the hamstrings. Um, that's that's my my best advice. Um. Another advice I, I do like to tell people, because um, this comes up a lot, especially in the Zebra Group talk, is mm-hmm. uh, concussions. Yep. Right? I know, like a guy like uh, Chris Nowinski is big on big on rest, uh, concussions and wrestling. So yeah. you know, if you want if you want to follow up with him, um, you know, go to his Twitter. and I'm sure he has talks and stuff online. Mm-hmm. But um, the CDC actually has a um, program called uh, Heads Up. Mm-hmm which is, which is basically, you know, it's, I think it's about half an hour long. You watch a video, some videos and take, and take a quiz. And it's basically just recognizing, you know, signs, symptoms of head injuries. So something that if you see in the ring, cause so that's something that like has come a long way in the past 20 years as well. It's like yeah. back then it's concussions didn't exist. Right.
0: You know, <laughs> it's like, I actually have had some experience like recently where uh, pro wrestlers have told me like, they don't believe that CTE is real.
1: Yeah. That's, that's scary
0: and uh, terrifying yeah absolutely
1: yeah especially maybe med- you yeah, a medical professional that scares me a lot because yeah same it, it's it's it could be a scary thing and and it's one of those things where if you don't take don't, don't take care of it it's just going to get worse
0: yeah absolutely so
1: it's one of those things you, you know i really try to especially if i'm in a match with somebody who, who, who suffers a concussion you know i you know i'm not i'm not there as a role as an athletic trainer right but at the same but time you have
0: that background I,
1: yeah, and I try to, I try to, I, you know, I can't force them to do anything, but I try to implore them to, you know, take, do the right thing, slow down if they have any shows coming up, make sure that sure. they've been symptom free for a while. Definitely, go, you should go get checked out, but at least make sure you're symptom free for a month. Or, yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, a week.
0: Uh, um, that's a, a good segue. Somewhere. Like, have you actually had any, like, you know, situations where, like, you've had an injury where you had to, like, yeah, that's a, hurt sad, so, that's a
1: sad story, actually. Um, I actually, oh. I, I hit someone, not a lot of people know this either, if maybe listened to a couple of my interviews that the few interviews that I have done um I was actually involved in a match where someone passed away wow and oh, geez it was 2005 2006
0: that's I was, awful I'm I always was sorry pretty, to hear that
1: I was pretty green yeah it yeah. was it was a rough night um because like I, I was still pretty green right I was only maybe a couple years in mm-hmm. and um this kid Dan Quirk who's a really good kid maybe was like 23 years old or something like that um took a took a took a move the guy was jumping from the ring down to the floor and it was just one of those things i think he called him weird came back there's no mats outside yeah you know, it was just vfw in like taunton massachusetts um you know i think he hit the back of his head cracked the skull um it was yeah you know, I, I remember leaving the ring going to check on him because at least i know how to do that <laughs> and and you know blood started coming out um
0: was so, he just which, already gone and
1: no, um, you know he was you could tell he was trying to like there was still a pulse right because the blood mm-hmm. the way the blood was coming out you could tell which is it was one it was one of the scariest moments i see I've, I've that was the worst injury i've seen and i've been an athletic trainer too for 18 years now yeah so um you know hopefully not like that you know ever happens to see you or anybody else sure, yeah i remember just being i just remember telling the one you know call nine one one. one has got there you know most of the most of the Wrestlers went to the hospital afterwards, um, mm. and I remember being in the hallway and overhearing one of the doctors saying, "Like he's he's not going to make it." And I knew they were talking about him, mm. so that was that was rough. That was a, that was that was one of, that was a rough ride home, and I, I that was probably the closest I ever came to being like, "Why am I doing this? Like this is crazy. Like I, I should probably stop." Like, yeah, but you know, you 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 know, you get out of it, and you know, the wrestling community is a is a tight knit family, especially you know
0: um going through something like that yeah yeah going
1: through something like that and you know is this area is you know, i think really good i think every area is probably good with this but this is just the experience that i have like you know we all take care of each other and like you know pick each other up so
0: yeah absolutely you, you, you keep going it's probably that. something that you needed after that too you know like uh it's it might've felt like the right choice to like leave wrestling. So you didn't have to experience things like that anymore, but there aren't exactly a lot of people that you could have like leaned on to share that experience with or that grief with. So, you know, it was probably really uh, beneficial and healthy to you to stick around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, brought the, brought the house down a little bit here, but uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about real things. Like uh, pro wrestling is real, right. You know? and Yeah. Real things happen.
1: This is a dangerous thing. I've seen, you know, I mean, that was obviously the worst injury I've had, but, you know, guys with concussions. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, serious. like a year into my career, I had, uh, do you know who the Regal twins are out of Kansas City? No, I never heard of them, but. Uh, they're really, really good. If you ever get a chance to check them out, they're on New Japan Strong now, but they've been uh, all over um, independent wrestling for like the last Or six years, but anyway, uh, one of them did a uh, moonsault from the top rope to the outside onto uh, the tag team opponents and his brother, and everybody caught him and went fine. Uh, But somewhere in between him getting caught and actually getting to the ground, that you know, six feet of clearance, um, he snapped his leg. It was just, yeah, that's yeah,
1: that's scary. And then it's it's also too like you're everyone's adrenaline kind of kicks in. And they go, and it's funny too, because the first thing we think about is like, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to finish the match now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, you know, like the the tag team they were facing and his brother, like they went back into the ring and kept wrestling. And like another ref came out to ref that while I was taking care of him. And it was funny, like you said, the adrenaline kicks in. Um, He wasn't really like expressing any pain or anything. He's just like, man, I live in Kansas city. We're in Los Angeles. How am I going to get home? (laughs) Like, I don't know, brother. I'm like a year and a half later. later. (laughs) Are are you in game? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad that you kept going. You know, I've really appreciated our interactions with each other. Um, You know, like, obviously, you've had a very worthwhile career since then, and you've been able to accomplish, you know, things that, you know, like, uh, I, I really appreciate hearing from people like yourself that, like, you've been able to enjoy wrestling without making it your whole life and without making it, like, you know this like desperate, hungry, starving need to like find other people's version of success. Uh, what kind of goals do you feel like you have accomplished, and what kind of goals do you feel like you have left?
1: Well, it's it's, it's cool you bring that up because actually, um, just last year, actually two years ago, first, um, but I like the of Civic Center is in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm-hmm. It's where I first my I saw my first WWF show there. It's Monday Night Raw. If you go watch it, watch the old Raws, they were mm-hmm. they were in that arena a lot. It's called the Mid Hudson Civic Center. has has a different name now, but uh, my goal was always like I wanted to do a show there. Sure. Um, and two Staples years ago, Center. <laughs> and, that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I saw my <laughs> first WWE show at the Staples Center, and uh, my first extra work for them was at Staples Center. So one day, but anyway, Mid Hudson.
1: So yeah, so that that was, that was my Staples Center. <laughs> so Mid <Mid-Hudson Civic> yeah. <laughs> But um, so yeah, you know, I I got to do a show there, which was really cool. And then the next year, I got to do a main event there, which was even cooler
0: yeah absolutely so
1: that, that was definitely like my my big accomplishment um i was in, northeast wrestling was a company i always wanted to work for um mm-hmm. they're, they're the big name in this area um you know they're they're the, they're the well big probably the most well-known independent wrestling company around here definitely um, so that was and like i said back back when i was in college that that was the independent first independent wrestling show that i that i went to go see mm-hmm. So it was one of those deals where it was like, you know, I've no, I knew people who, who, who got to the work there and, you know, it was, it was, a, you know, for what I consider a pretty, pretty big shit, pretty big deal. So I finally got into them, um, you know, back, uh, was it was 2014. I think I did my first show for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been there now almost seven years. Um, and, you know, that was, that was really my what I, what I set out to do, um, you know, at this little independent, wrestling level like you like you said like it doesn't always have to be wwe right it doesn't have to be like national tv like i w- i would like to do tv just to see how it would do it <laughs> that would, sure that, yeah be it's cool a different experience.
0: beast brother it's it's I, a, a heck of I've an done, experience
1: i've done internet pay-per-views where it was like you know pretty good production value so that, that's, sure. that's pretty good i
0: mean um, have you done ifbs
1: the, um the internet pay-per-views
0: no no, no ifbs the headsets
1: okay yeah, yeah, um actually no which is funny. oh okay never, i was I've gonna never say i had to work with one ifbs um, are the
0: only like really big difference between like doing uh, you know like a, 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 a like high quality indie show and like television other than that yeah. and, like the times are very strict but yeah
1: yeah i would like i like i did work one company that that had earpieces they just used them for for time keys basically sure. it was like yeah. two minutes and then nothing else which, but you know, you, you, I mean, I'm sure you know, <laughs> it would be interesting to referee a match with somebody in here the whole time, like, telling yeah, you, telling you to communicate. It's
0: very rare, even when you're on television. The only uh, time that I have somebody like giving feedback, other than like, you know, get out of the way of the camera or like make him sell more or something like that, is when it's like a, a like a pretty high profile match. Uh, yeah. Like, I did um the NWA World's Heavyweight title and Sean Devari was the producer for the NWA at the time. And he's very communicative with the referees. Uh he's like talking the whole time. So that was even a different beast for me. But um yeah, yeah. anyway, go ahead. I, I love I, I
1: I love being able to talk in the ring. Like I, I love guys who are able to communicate in the ring, just makes things so much easier. Like we yeah. talked about that before. Like, um, but yeah, so I never had anybody like, you know, shouting instructions in the mirror. Basically, I get I'd get a beep, and it was like i got two minutes to go home. So, yeah. Um, but other than that, I've always, you know, found ways to communicate with the timekeepers and be able to keep times like that, um, which is, which, you know, adds a little bit of challenge sometimes to your match, especially when you do yeah. like, and with like an iPay-per-view or something like that, where you know you like, we're on a strict time limit. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know things need to be run at a certain time so and not having that earpiece too kind of puts a little bit more pressure on you so that's yeah like a little bit more fun for me <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like nice it's like, a challenge i do like, you... I do like the challenge and i do like the pressure so um so yeah so that's that's pretty cool
0: when you've been around long enough you know you need something to keep things interesting other than just like you know obviously fun. the match is really good but like it's something for you to kind of test yourself with Very cool. Well, we're winding down. Uh, I do like to take the last five minutes out of every episode. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to plug your social media, plug your show, obviously, which I really enjoyed being a part of. I really appreciate you having me on there. Um, if there's any other uh, wrestling shows or any shows of any kind podcasts, whatever that you would like to mention. Uh, I also really like to give people a chance to uh, talk about wrestlers that they think, uh, the audience hasn't necessarily given a fair chance yet. And if, uh, you know, you have anybody in mind that you think uh, people should check out? Please mention them. And go right ahead. The time. Yeah, is
1: yeah. Ready. Um, I'll start with your, your last question first. Obviously, um, please check out Northeast Wrestling for you wrestling fans out there. Um, they, you know, um, go to the network. Um, I'm sorry, go to the, the website. Um, northeastwrestling.com. There's options there to sign up. I think we're on the High Spots network, and um, I can't remember the name, the name of it. I should have wrote this down. Fight <laughs> uh, TV, maybe. If you go, to, if you now, nah, if you if you go to the website you'll find it northeastwrestling.com um mm-hmm. some of the some of the best matches that I, i've definitely been a part of and one of some of the best experience that i've been a part of so if you're a fan of wrestling go check that out um you know right now we guys uh a lot of guys that are like i said in our aw right now have have worked have worked for them in the past even some of the guys newer guys in aw like um like mike mike Vern, uh mike DeBernick. yeah um really really cool guy
0: um, absolutely fantastic wrestler the man of steel like <laughs> a lot of fun, lot of fun love to work that with. guy yeah like,
1: working with him have, have you been able to work with mike
0: i've worked with mike at uh, championship wrestling from yeah, hollywood like, when he like, came out to visit a, us. he's a fun guy to work with yeah like, really like, yeah. enthusiastic one of my and, like, favorite people that like has come to visit us uh over yeah in, and, like um LA. one of those
1: guys too like i feel like i have a relationship with him where, where we could bounce things off each other a lot and like sure that's always fun. Um, like really cool guy to work with, like Christian Casanova, uh, Brad Hollister, Big Bacon. I know him for a long time. Um, you know, it's, it's guys like that is totally. You know, I, that's the funny thing too about the the Indies, like these guys that like n- nobody's really gonna know if you if you don't follow it. Like there's a lot of good wrestlers out there. A, yeah, lot absolutely. Of good, there's a lot of which is
0: why I'm like trying to do this. You know, like yeah, uh, yeah. I I and kind I of miss mentioned. Don't anybody
1: either, and I feel like people are gonna be like, like even Why didn't you talk about me, brother? <laughs> great three counts that Odie. um even guys like i don't want to leave out a guy like brian anthony who's who's helped me out a lot um getting into northeast wrestling um who's been you know i've been working with him at in an independent level in connecticut for too long now uh, <laughs> you, know, probably, you know for at least over you know, probably like 13 years i just for yeah. the first time I met him um you know guy yeah you know, he really really talented guy um you know never never got his big shot but like a guy that like really like knows he's like somebody like me who's like old school kind of wrestler like wants to just go out there and tell a really good story it doesn't need to sure. like do all the fancy moves and stuff like that and yeah. we go out there and, and every time every time i'm with him like it's a, it's a great time it's a fun time all right, um, I'll
0: look up right. Brian Anthony if you look up Levi Shapiro, because I feel like we're talking about uh two sides of the he's same coin with like one of those just old school wrestler types that just loves to yeah. go out and tell us. If you a story. watch actually,
1: if you watch the David Arquette documentary, I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, he's, I have he's the Northeast wrestling, he's the guy who smashes um Dave's in the, the cake.
0: Got it, got he's it, yeah. Brian
1: Anthony. So yeah, that was that was cool. Very um, cool. that was on David Arquette's real birthday. Like <laughs> why would, what are you doing here? Like <laughs>
0: like he loves guy, wrestling. Just there, he just loves it, right?
1: It's just funny. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, about, if you want to check out my social medias, I have a YouTube channel called Just Another Guy Talking About Stuff. Um, I'm it's a great really title, listening.
0: by the way. <laughs> I thought,
1: you know, it's a little bit long. I, <laughs> think you you need now, a comma
0: six, in there. You need just another guy talking about, talking stuff. about stuff.
1: That's a good <laughs> idea. Um, so. But yeah, um, for marketing purposes, I think it might be a little bit long. But I, I thought it was clever. But anyway, um, so that's my YouTube channel. I really don't talk about wrestling other than the, the interviews that we've done. And you know, um, if you want to, if you want to hit me up, uh, the email there is j a, just another guy, just another guy, j a g twenty twenty at gmail.com. So, um, you know, any referees that are listening to this and want, want to do an interview, hit me up on the email and maybe we can work something out. That'd be cool. Um, you know, I talk about community on there. I have a little uh, series of videos talking about my favorite television show of all time.
0: Man, um, we didn't even talk about community. That's like one of my favorite shows ever. Oh my God, it's great, right? I'm you know, <laughs> trying it's in the morning. It's definitely an actor show, right? It's one of those. Oh, yeah, like if absolutely. You're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're,
1: if you're in any kind of media, you're watching this like a lot of in jokes. Yes. Um, but so yeah so check out my youtube channel um i started a podcast with one of my friends from college called generation zillennial you can find that on spotify and anchor.fm um so check that out we that's a little bit more political maybe some people's tastes don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't want to go that way but um we do talk about wrestling a little bit so check out some of those episodes he's a pretty big wrestling fan so we do obviously get into getting into conversations about wrestling quite a bit um and then yeah, um, you know my Insta is referee Vinny Lax. Please, you know, give me a follow. That'd be that'd be awesome. Help me out. I you can see all my workout pictures, okay. um, and my my little costumes. bit of cosplay. And my little bit of cosplay that I do, I like to you know, just like Deadpool or something. A little <laughs> bit, a little, little bit. I like to dress up as Deadpool sometimes. I got a got a little link costume, a little Spider Man Sunday action going on every Sunday.
0: There
1: you go. Um, so yeah, definitely check that. out. And my Twitter is ref Vinny Lax. And here's the important yeah. thing. With me, it's Ie, not Y. Yes. So um, people mix that up a lot, and I th- think that's one reason it's hard to kind of find me sometimes. is because people Ooh. like to spell Vinny with a Y. I. It's in my. It's in my. It's on my Facebook spelled as an Ie, and I still yeah. get people writing on my Facebook as, with a Y. So mm. that's Vinny Marcellian, not, not Vinny. My Vinny, landlord not Vinny, texts me
0: Odi all the time. <laughs> my brother. He just leaves out the letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all right. Well, go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying, like, you know, it's, 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 you just sounded it out uh, ODI. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much for being here oh, today. Thanks for having me, man. This is yeah. A, this it was is awesome really getting a chance getting to talk to you and referees hear your don't, story. Like I
1: said, referees don't get to, 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 share, to shine in the spotlight too often. So it's, when, when I get a chance, um, it's, it's a pretty cool opportunity. So I appreciate what you're doing.
0: You know, I I, I found out uh, early on that referees don't really get a chance to be in the spotlight, and referees don't really get a chance to have merch, so I decided to create merch and create a spotlight for referees. (laughs) I'm not putting myself over. I'm putting the refs over, brother. If you're
1: you're watching that, though, definitely check out the the Zebra Talk uh, merchandise on what Pro Wrestling Tees.
0: Oh, yeah. I got a spiel, brother. We're we're about to dive into it. Uh, If you would like to help contribute to the uh, Zebra Talk fund, Please find our merch at prowrestlingtees.com backslash Zebra Talk. If you would like to be on the show, uh, you, if you're a referee, of course, you can email me at zebra talk 123 at gmail.com. That is also where you apply to receive the Zebra Talk Fund, which is a nonprofit charity that we award to one referee a month. It's a travel grant to help people get to places that they couldn't necessarily afford to get to on their own. Uh, if you would like to find Zebra Talk on Instagram or Twitter, it's zebratalk 123. If you're a referee and you're not a part of Zebra Talk on Facebook, you really need to reach out to me. There's an insane amount of knowledge to be found in there. Vinny's in there. I'm in there. There's almost a thousand referees that are in there from all over the world. Uh, just an amazing melting pot of, uh, you know, people that are more than happy to help you learn uh, and grow and network and bookings and all that stuff. Uh, I'm on, thank you. Uh, I'm on Facebook at Robert Odie Brown and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Odie One Kenobi. And with that, I will sign off. Vinny, thank you again so much for this. I really appreciate your time.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.
0: And uh, thank you again, folks, for listening. And we will catch you next time.
1: All right, be in touch. <laughs>